Hello and greetings everyone. I'm Pastor Edwin Strickland and I serve as the Senior Pastor of Fellowship of Champions Church International, a worldwide ministry helping people to learn to live out their God-given dreams by walking in love and living by faith. And I get to be your host and your guide for this exciting journey that we're about to take that we call Ed Talk with Pastor Strick. Hello, hello, hello. Can you guys hear me? Good afternoon. So glad you guys are here on today. Listen, this is exciting for me. I'm being pushed outside of my comfort zone and I am coming to you with my first ever Ed Talk. I'm so glad you guys are here. Hopefully you're either on your way to lunch or coming back from lunch. Whichever it is, I'm glad that you took a few moments to come and to uh, hear what I have to say. Some of you might be here because you think I'm going to be petty all day. And while I won't be petty all day, you know who I am. There's probably going to be a little petty that comes out. Some of you may be here because you think I'm going to be very profound and very wise. And while I don't know if that is true, I do hope I'm able to share something with you today. It will cause you to think, cause you to change and cause you to grow. So I appreciate everybody who's here. Uh, I see uh, Ms. Newsom's in the house, Kimberly's in the house, Trinika's in the house, Amy's in the house. Listen, do me a big favor. In case somebody didn't know I was doing this, St. Teresa's in the house. Listen, share this to your story, share it to your page. Uh, hello, Etoy, good to see you. Just share it so that people can either watch it live or who knows, it comes up in their uh, timeline at some point uh, later on and they'll get a chance to watch it because I'm gonna come to you, I believe, every Tuesday and I'm just going to share uh, some of the information, some of the wisdom, some of the knowledge that I have gleaned from others, uh, from the word of God and from my own walk to help you live your best life, right? I got to give a big shout out to my wife who's been uh, extremely instrumental in pushing me to do this. Uh, you know, it's very comfortable to do it when she is by my side, it's not always as comfortable to do it when uh, she is not. And so we're going to see what Ed Talk becomes. We're going to see <laughs> how long it lasts. We're going to see what it's going to be about. Now, let me say this as we get started. Ed Talk is just a play on words, right? It's kind of like a TED Talk. If you've ever seen a TED Talk, people come and they talk about different topics, give you some insight kind of push you to think of things in a different way that you may not have thought of them before. That's what this is. This is Ed talk, but do not call me Ed, okay? Do not call me Ed. My name is Edwin, two syllables. And if two syllables stress you out, then just call me strict. But don't call me Ed. I don't like being called Ed. That's not my name. Call me Edwin. Call me Strick. Call me Pastor Edwin. Call me Pastor Strick. But don't call me Ed. Because if you call me Ed, 
and I correct you and you call me Ed again, then I might be forced to call you something. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. <laughs> See, that's that little petty piece. We don't want to do that. Two syllables, Edwin or Strick. There you go. Put that in the comments. Help the people out. That's right, Keyshawn. I got to set these rules up front because we don't want nobody getting their feelings hurt because we know it won't be me. So we don't want nobody getting there feeling hurt. That's right, Sheila. Don't do it. Don't do it. Vince, you can call me Pops. The people who know me want to call me Dad. That's fine. Just don't call me Ed, okay? <laughs> All right. This is Ed Talk. And our first Ed Talk, I want to get right into it because I don't know about you, but I got a chance to participate in the Live Your Dream Challenge last week. And I really believe that the Live Your Dream Challenge is what pushed me to do this. Uh, my good friend, uh, LaShawn uh, Holland, has been telling me to do this literally for years. Uh, my wife has been telling me to do this for years. And it just wasn't something that I was really comfortable doing in a setting like this. But after Live Your Dreams, after Live Your Dreams, I just got so motivated to do what God has called me to do that I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to wait for a month. I'm not going to wait till the next quarter because anybody who knows me knows that I'm a, I'm a planner. Uh, my wife will build a plane as it's flying, but I'm the kind of person who likes to build a plane. We want to we do a test flight. We want to come back and have an after action uh, memo to make sure that everything went right before we ever put passengers on the plane. But guys, this time we are going to build this as we go, right? Because I want to motivate you in the way that Live Your Dreams motivated me. Now, why, why am I talking about Live Your Dreams? Because one of the things that my wife talked about on last week was about what do we need to do to get people to live out their God-given dreams? And as I was reading my Bible just, you know, that week, last week and this weekend, I kept coming back to a familiar passage of scripture. Now, I'm a pastor, but I'm not using Ed Talk to preach a message to you, okay? That's not what I'm going to do. What I want to do is I want to share with you, though, some practical um, tools that I believe that you can use immediately to turn the corner on your life. Now, as many of you know, I am a pastor. And so everything that I say uh, for me is going to be rooted with the biblical sense. So if that bothers you, Ed talk might not be for you all the time, because every time I say something, uh, I won't say Jesus, but I'm not going to not say Jesus, if that makes sense to you, because everything that I understand that has been beneficial to my life has come out of the word of God. And so that's why I share from. But I say that to say that when she was talking about living your best life, living your dreams, there were so many things that I had to be honest with and say, why aren't I doing the things that God's called me to? And that's the question I want you to think about and ask yourself today. Why are you not doing some of the things that you know God has called you to do? So I am going to share one scripture with you as we get started, and then we're going to jump into what I want to talk about today, which is the power of belief. If you've heard anything that my wife has ever taught about living your life, living your best dreams, living your dream, then you understand that belief is a part of that. 
And so Jesus talks a lot about believing. And so there's one particular scripture that I want us to just, just, just hear me out. And then we'll get into this idea about the power of belief. In fact, those of you that are on here, it's about 46 of you on here. I want you to go ahead and just type this in the comment section. Say, believing is a powerful tool. Believing is a powerful tool. Okay. So in, in Mark chapter nine, and I won't go through the whole thing, but in Mark chapter nine, around verse 14 or so, if you read it in your Bible, you'll find out that Jesus is walking toward his disciples, right? And as he's walking toward his disciples, he sees this large crowd and he sees his disciples arguing back and forth with the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. And, and Jesus basically comes up and he says, yo, you know, what's up? What's, what's all this arguing about? What's, what's going on? What y'all, what are y'all fussing about? And as he asked that question, one of the men in the crowd says, well, here's the problem. He says, I've got this son of mine and this son of mine is, is, is possessed with a spirit. He has an evil spirit that causes him to throw himself into the fire and into the water. And I brought my son to your disciples, he says, and, uh, and, and what I've been trying to do is find somebody who can help me so that my son would not be throwing himself into the fire and throwing himself into the water. And so what happens is in verse 21, we pick up the conversation. We pick up the conversation. And in verse 21, it says this, it says that Jesus asked the question, how long has this been happening? Asking the man, how long has your son been throwing himself into the fire and into the water? How long has he been seizing? And we know if we study this out that what the boy probably had, he was suffering from a spirit of epilepsy. Because the Bible says in one translation that he would become very rigid and he would throw himself on the ground and he would foam at the mouth. And, and if you understand anything about science, we understand it. He was probably going through an epileptic seizure. And Jesus asked the father, well, how long has the boy been doing this? And the father replied, he's been doing this since he was a little boy. He says the spirit often throws him into the fire and sometimes throws him into the water trying to kill him. And the man says to Jesus, he says, have mercy on us and help us. But watch this. He says, if you can. I read this out of a translation I had never read it out of before. And when I saw that, it just stood out to me because the man was struggling with belief. He comes to Jesus, wanting Jesus to do something for him, believes, glory to God, that Jesus can do something for him. But he says, I need you to have mercy and I need you to help me if you can. And I love what Jesus says in the next verse in this translation. He says, what do you mean if I can? <laughs> what do you mean if I can? Jesus is saying, you're coming to me, asking me to do something and to help you if I can. He says, what do you mean if I can? Jesus said, anything is possible if a person 
believes. Now, I know you've heard this scripture before. I know you've heard this story before. I get that. I, I, don't, I don't want you to tune me out and say, oh, I've heard this sermon. This is not a sermon. This is to get you to open your eyes and to see the same conversation that this man had with Jesus is the conversation many believers are having today. We're saying to Jesus, have mercy on me. Help me with my marriage. Help me with my finances. Help me with my kids. Help me with my career if you can. And Jesus is saying to us, what do you mean if I can? Jesus is saying all things are possible if a person believes. So then that tells me that there is power in believing. That when you understand what true belief is, that there is an anointing attached to it. The man received this revelation and turns around and he says this to Jesus. He says, instantly, the father cries out and he says, wait, Jesus, I do believe, but well, help my unbelief. Or in this translation, it says, help me overcome my unbelief. And so today, that's what I want to do. I want to spend a few minutes and hopefully shed some light on some things that can help you overcome your unbelief in both Christ and yourself. In both Christ and yourself. So today I want to talk about the power of belief. And what I want to do is I want to take a moment and I want to explore it. And then I want us to discuss how we can harness the power of belief so that we can begin to create a life that we want and truly live out our God-given dreams. Understand something. I am a firm believer that when you believe in God, when you believe in yourself, and when you believe in your own abilities to achieve your goals, your objectives, and your dreams, you are much more likely to take the necessary actions to make those goals, those objectives, and those dreams a reality. I was listening last week during the Live Your Dream Challenge, and I listened to I went back and, and, and listened to Unika, and I had a chance to listen to uh, Crystal and Sean, and, and I had a chance to share with you in the VIP section about how important it is to take massive action. If you don't take massive action, no matter what you say you're believing, you're never going to see the benefits of it because believing is a catalyst. It is not the end result. You have to take massive actions. As many of you know, my wife has a coaching program, as I mentioned, called Live Your Dreams. And in Live Your Dreams, um, I've had the unique opportunity to be coached by her both personally and vicariously. <laughs> some of you say, what do you mean by vicariously? Well, my wife has had some great mentors in her life. She's had mentors like Pastor Cynthia Brazelton, She's had mentors like Dr. Didi Freeman. She's had great coaches like LaShawn Holland and Unika J. And in all of those instances, as she has been coached by them and as she has in turn coached others, 
I've had an opportunity to sit and listen over and over and over and over again about how powerful belief is. Why? Because in her program, she talks about something called the CBAs. When she talks about the CBAs, she talks about getting clarity, right? What does it mean to get clarity? If you have a God-given dream, in order for you to live it out, you've got to be clear about what that is. The other thing she talks about is belief, right? And the thing that got me motivated to even do this is that what I found is that if you have belief, belief isn't really belief until it moves you to action. If you say you believe something and there is no corresponding action, then you don't really believe you wish or you hope. But belief is the absolute catalyst that gets things going. And so when she talks about clarity, belief, and action, I started to think about what is it that I truly believe? See, I believe in tithing. How do I know? Because I tithe. There's an action step to it. I believe in working on my marriage. How do I know? Because there's action steps to it. When I say I believe I'm supposed to be helping people with strategy and helping people understand the word in a practical way, I had to ask myself, do I really believe that? Because what's the action that comes along to it? What's the corresponding action? And, and, and if you don't have corresponding action and you say you're in belief, you're not being introspective because the truth of the matter is we know what you believe, not by what you say, come on somebody, but by what? What you do. So as I said, I'm a firm believer that your belief in God Number one, and I always say that because I'm a firm believer that, you know, a lot of Christians think that that God is supposed to be out here uh, validating and empowering what we've decided to do, as opposed to him empowering and validating what he has instructed us to do. And that's not just semantics. That, that's very important. You wanting to do something. And then expecting God to, to empower it is not the same thing as God telling you to do something and then him being obligated to empower it. And so I'm a firm believer that when you believe in God, when you believe in yourself, I heard people say the other week that they were talking in, uh, in the VIP section about imposter syndrome. And do you know that the reason people suffer, and my good friend Denise Taylor and I were talking about this uh, even this morning, when you talk about imposter syndrome, in essence, what you're, what, you're, what you're doing is you're saying that the reason that you are in a space, the reason you are having a certain amount of success, the reason that you are experiencing uh, a high quality of love in your family relationships or your romantic relationships, the reason you feel like at some point somebody's going to find out that you're not really who you are is because you have not believed in yourself. See, I don't, I don't have to validate the reason for my success. Why? Because I know my success doesn't come from me. My success comes from God. So even if you found me out, all you're going to find out is that God is blessing me, that God is empowering me. 
But where does that come? It's in a belief. So in order for you to believe that you are fake, you have to believe something different than what God has said about you. Do you see how powerful belief is? A lot of times we are not aware of our own belief systems. But if you believe in God and if you believe in yourself and if you believe in your goals and your ability to obtain those goals, it becomes an extremely powerful catalyst to getting you to move and take massive action. Listen, there's 61 of you on here right now. I need you to type in the comments. This is my year to take massive action. This is my year to take massive action. Now, if you follow me on Facebook, you, you may have seen that I mentioned the other day that I have a book coming out. Again, another one of those things that people have been telling me for years to do. And I, and, and I believe or I hope and wish I was supposed to do it, but I wasn't putting action behind it. I wasn't putting action behind it. But I have a book coming out and it should it, it should be released either late April, early May. And no, I don't have I don't have the pre-order link yet. I know somebody asked me that the other day when it's available. I promise I'll get it to you. But the book is called Unstoppable. It's called The Art of Taking Massive Action to Make Your Dreams a Reality. Unstoppable. Why? Because when you become a person who believes in God, a person who believes in yourself, a person who believes in your goals and dreams and your abilities, you become unstoppable. But it's not just the idea of hoping and wishing that it's going to come to pass. It is the art of learning how to take massive action to make your dreams a reality. I was prompted to write the book because I encounter so many people who talk about their goals and their dreams and, and, and what they want to do. But when I, when I look at their life and when I counsel and talk with them, so many times I often find that they are not doing the necessary things to actually move them toward their goals. Here's what you got to ask yourself today. And sometimes it's difficult. It is to be transparent with yourself, right? Because it's easy to blame others. It's easy to say, oh, I can't do this because I'm black. Oh, I can't do this because I'm a woman. Oh, I can't do this because I don't have the education. I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. It's easy to make excuses, but you have to ask yourself, why aren't you taking massive action to move toward the goals and dreams that you say you want? You have to ask yourself that. That's right, Deborah. It's hard to be transparent with yourself. That's right, Ivy. It's easy to blame other people. But we are going to move out of that kind of mindset because that is a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset says, I can't control what's happening to me. I'm powerless. I just, I just live and whatever happens, happens. And we know that that is just not true. And so I was prompted to write this book because I want to help people understand what they need to do to take massive action. Well, Pastor Edwin, why are you a person qualified to talk about taking massive action? Because I have traced over my life some of the things that I have done 
when I took massive action and saw how wonderfully they worked out. And I've also sat back and become introspective to say, what happens when I don't take massive action? And, and you're right, you're right, Ms. Nita, that, that is the fear of the unknown. And we're gonna talk about that because there are two reasons, right? There are two reasons why people don't take massive action. See, as a pastor, and really just as a person, I want to see everybody win. Go ahead and type that in the comment section. Say, I want to see everybody win. I am a firm believer that there is enough space and enough room for each and every one of us to be successful. I believe that. I don't believe for one moment that my success has to diminish someone else's success. My wife told me this morning, I forget the exact number, but she was talking about the number of people who are who are just on the Facebook platform. And I think it was like 2.9 billion people. Do you realize that no matter how many, I can come on this Facebook and I can come and I can teach or say something every single day, five times a day, and it wouldn't touch a fraction of the people who, who are on Facebook. And so there's enough room for everyone to win. That's right, Courtney. That's, that, that, that's right, Zeronda. There's enough room for all of us to win and be successful. And so as I have spent the last two decades in ministry, it saddens me to see that there are literally hundreds of people who talk about their dreams, but they aren't moving or taking actions to reach their goal. They're not doing anything to live your dream, which is why I'm making this shameless plug that if you did not sign up for the upcoming Live Your Dream live event, you should do so. And I'm sure there's someone on here who can drop that link in the comment section. You say, what is the Live Your Dreams live event? I hadn't heard about that. I didn't know about that. Well, it's an event. It's going to take place at the end of March where like-minded people are going to come together and we are going to sit around with some coaches and sit around with some great speakers. And we're going to hear how to change our thinking so that when we leave, we're not just motivated. We're not just hyped. We're not just excited. But we have some tangible tools that we can use to go and actually live out our dreams. Listen, I'm sick of people being frustrated. I'm sick of people being sick and tired because they feel like either one, God doesn't want them to live their dreams or that, that everything is against them living their dreams. And so I mentioned this. And so let me let me follow up on this. I said there are two reasons that people do not live out their dreams. There are two reasons why people do not live out their dreams. Number one, people really and truly and honestly don't know what to do. And there's nothing wrong with being ignorant. And I, I want us to use that word the right way. To be ignorant means to not know. It means to not understand. It means to be without knowledge or to be without wisdom. And there's nothing wrong with not knowing. The problem is when you don't try to learn. When you don't try to get new information, when you don't try to do something different, right? So that's one reason. People legitimately do not know. They are ignorant of what to do to get to the next level, okay? But the second thing 
for many people is that not only do they uh, not know what to do, but there are other people who know what to do, but they are terrified. They are absolutely terrified of what of, of, of what's going to come if they do it. And so what happens is it's very easy to begin to suffer from something that I call analysis or, or paralysis via analysis. Okay, they, they, you, you get frozen and you don't know what to do because some people, let's be honest, they actually know what to do. They do. They actually know what to do. But here's what happens. They allow other things to stop them from doing what they know to do. And then they end up getting busy, being busy rather than being productive. Let me say that again. They suffer paralysis via analysis because the truth is they know what to do but they allow other things to stop them and then they end up getting busy being busy rather than being productive and what i want us to do is to make the switch if you say pastor i don't know what to do i don't know what to do great i'm going to help you today so that you leave this broadcast knowing at least one thing you can do to, move, to take massive action to move towards your goal. And then if you know what to do, but you have been letting other things get in your way, I want to help you identify what they are so you can take massive action to get those things out of your way. So let's start with the latter. Let's start with the people who know what to do, the people who know they should be taking massive action and the reasons why they don't. Number one, here's why people, some people do not take massive action. Number one, they lack clarity. They lack clarity. When I told you that my wife teaches about the CBAs of living your dream, clarity, belief, and action, people who know what to do, but they're not doing it, sometimes they don't do it because they lack clarity. If people are not clear about what they want, they will struggle. They will struggle to take action. It is important for you to have a clear vision and a plan for reaching your goals. And listen, if your goal doesn't motivate you, it's not a good goal. When I refer to goals, I call goals BHAGs, B-H-A-G, big, hairy, audacious goals. If you don't have a BHAG in your life that you can get clear around, you're never going to be internally motivated enough to continue after it when things get hard. Somebody put in the, it's, it's 70 something, y'all like, still sharing and people are still coming. Great. Put this in the comment section. Ask yourself this question. Say, what is my BHAG? What is my big, hairy, audacious goal? What is the thing I need to get clear about? Because once I get clear about it, it's going to help me be able to take massive action. The second thing that stops people from reaching their goal, someone mentioned it in the comment section earlier, is fear. And for some people, it's not just the fear of failure. It's also the fear of success. It's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of what are other people going to think? What are other people going to think if I start to say that I have some wisdom I want to share? I have to be honest. That was my thing. It was like, it's cool if I come on here and I sit beside my wife because then it's both of us. But if I come out here and I say, listen, 
I have some wisdom that I believe can help you. What are people going to think about me? It's fear. And sometimes we try to rationalize fear into intellect. But the reality of it is, is anything that stops you from moving toward your BHAG, it is there to cause you to come up short. So it's fear. It's fear of failure. It's fear of success. It's fear of the unknown. And it's fear of what others might say. Listen, if you can identify with one of those, put it in the comment section. Put it in the comment section. Say, yep, you know what? I can identify with that. I was afraid that I may fail. Or I can identify with that. I was afraid that I might just be so successful that the people who I hang around might not like me anymore. Or maybe I was afraid of the unknown. What if I try it? What if I get out there and I don't know the next thing to do? Some of you may be thinking, you know, you know, that's that's really what it is. I was like, you know what? I can write a book. It, the, 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 the writing of the book is not difficult. But what if folk don't like it? What if folks criticize my craft? Because, you know, sometimes people can be sensitive about their stuff. And if you're sensitive about your stuff and somebody say something about your stuff, you got to make sure you really say because you'll say something you ain't supposed to say when they talk about your stuff. So the easy way for me not to click on somebody is not to share my stuff. Some, so that, that resonated with somebody. That just resonated with you. But don't worry about it. If God has told you to do it, then you do it. Don't let fear stop you. Here's the third thing that stops the people who know they should be taking massive action. They're fully aware they should be doing more than what they are doing, but they're not doing it. Why? Because they have the spirit of procrastination on their life. They have the spirit of procrastination. And so many people struggle with procrastination, putting off, taking massive action until the last minute. And then when you take massive action at the last minute, it's not very planned. It's not well thought out. And then you actually end up making mistakes you wouldn't have had to make if you'd have done the due diligence six months ago. Six months ago. You said, well, I got six months to get it done. Well, six months becomes five months. Five months becomes four months. Four months becomes three. Three becomes two. Two becomes one. And then before you know it, you're trying to do six months worth of work in a week. And then when it fails, you blame it on God. Well, God, you told me to do this and it didn't work out. No, you didn't work. <laughs> and that's the problem. It's not that it didn't work out. You didn't do the work. So we've talked about a lack of clarity. We talked about fear. We talked about procrastination. Here's another one. Lack of motivation. Lack of motivation. And I got a chance to talk about this in the VIP section for those of you that were in um, Live Your Dreams. Listen, so many people need and want a cheerleader. They need and they want a cheerleader. But if you have a BHAG that somebody has to cheer you on towards, it's not a BHAG. It's just a wish. It's just a hope. Because when you have a big, hairy, audacious goal, you go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. You're driving your kids to school thinking about it. You, you're, you're, you're researching, finding new ways to do it. Why? Because you don't need an external partner telling you to go after what you say you believe. Motivation is okay, but if you need it 
to reach your goals, you're never going to take massive action, especially not long term and especially not when things get difficult. You don't need motivation. You need discipline. Somebody type that in the comment in, in, in the comment section. Say, I don't need motivation. I need discipline. Why? Because discipline says that I am willing to do what I said I was going to do long after the feeling in which I said was done. See, I, the, the sun is shining. It's 75 degrees today. I like, you know what? I'm going to go to the park and I'm going to start walking. I'm going to walk five miles every day. But tomorrow, when it's 52 degrees and the wind is blowing, if I'm just motivated to walk, I'm only going to I'm only going to do it when all the conditions are right. Somebody ought to say something. I'm only going to do it when all the conditions are right. But when I'm disciplined, I do it no matter what. Why? Because I know it's driving me to my goal. That's right, Deborah. I don't need motivation. I need discipline. You know, it's easy to say, I don't eat bread until you and your friends decide you're going to go out on a Sunday and you go to dinner to your favorite restaurant and you go to Logan's or, or Colton's or Red Lobster or, or, or Olive Garden and they got them bread sticks or them cheesy bites or them, them delicious yeast rolls. Can you be disciplined when, when the rolls are sitting on the table? See, it's motivation if you have to ask all your friends not to eat the bread around you. Girl, don't eat that bread around me. You know, if you eat that bread around me, then I'm going to want some bread. You may want some bread, but if you're disciplined, the bread sitting on the table with butter running on the side of it, you won't touch it. And if it was in church, I'd tell you I'm preaching better than you saying amen. So you got to make sure that you're not just looking for motivation. You need discipline. And then number five, the fifth thing that stops people from taking massive action is that sometimes they are feeling overwhelmed. If people feel overwhelmed by the magnitude of their goal or the steps required to achieve them, they'll feel paralyzed and unable to take action. Sometimes, let me help you, the reason you feel overwhelmed is because God didn't call you to that goal. God didn't call you to that dream. God didn't call you to that job. God didn't call you to that city. God didn't call you to that relationship. Woo-wee. See, it's, it, you're not overwhelmed sometimes because the task is difficult. You're overwhelmed because it's not your task. You're overwhelmed because you saw someone else doing something. You, 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 you saw my sister Ashley Johnson get on a live and, 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 and bring revelation to people. And you say, oh, I want to do that. But God didn't call you to do that. What God called you to do was to bake cookies. But see, you didn't see baking cookies as being something that was that was glorious. And so what you did is you hopped on, on, on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and you tried to do what somebody else did. And then when it didn't work out for you, you now you're mad at God. But had you baked the cookies, baby, you'd be selling them so fast, you'd have to go get you a commercial kitchen. You'd have to hire you some people <laughs> who could help you package and sell. If, if, if you would get in your lane and do what God's called you to do, there would be an ease 
that came over your life so you wouldn't have to feel overwhelmed. So, so when people tell me that they are overwhelmed, I always ask them two questions. Number one, is what you're doing what God called you to do? That's the first question I ask. The second question is, if they say, yes, this is what God called me to do, then my question is, are you letting God do it? Because a lot of times God will call us to do something. God will say, this is what I need you to do. Do X, Y, and Z. And the moment God tells us what he wants us to do, we leave him on the bench. And we go play the point guard position. We go play the two forward positions. We go play the, the center position. And we try to play all five parts while God is on the bench rooting for us. When in reality, what we need to be doing is say, God, I need you in the game. I need you to be my floor general. What play are we about to run? You tell me what we about to do. And if you tell me what I'm a, what's my part to play, you be quarterback, I'll be the receiver. You tell me the route to run, I'll run the route because I know when I get there, you're going to have the ball to be delivered. Somebody ought to put in the comment section, say, let God call the play. If you're overwhelmed, it's because you're not letting God call the play. You're trying to be the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the linebackers coach, the receivers coach, the special teams coach. You're trying to do it all. No wonder you're overwhelmed. No wonder it's hard. No wonder it's difficult because you're trying to do everything. So you have to ask yourself, am I feeling overwhelmed? And if you are, then you got to go back and say, okay, God, why am I feeling this way? That's right, Lemoyne. It's the, it's the Jerry Rice syndrome. You're trying to be everything. You're trying to be everywhere. And then the last thing, the sixth thing for people who know what to do, they know what to do. They, they, they know they should be taking massive action. And in some cases, they know what the action should be, but they aren't doing it. Why? Because they allow external factors to affect their decision-making. They allow external factors, competing priorities, if you will, to come in and distract them. What, Pastor, what are some external factors? Financial constraints. Listen, if God told you to do a particular thing and all you can say is, I don't have the provision, then you don't see God as your resource. You don't see God as your resource because God has never had a business venture that failed. Woo-wee, somebody ought to get that. God has never had a business venture that failed. If you, if, if, if you are looking at the cost of something, when God has told you to do it and you're allowing the cost to stop you, it's because you don't see God as your source. Well, Pastor Edwin, what do you want me to do? If it costs $100,000 and I don't have it, what am I supposed to do? The next possible thing. What else can you do? What else? What, what's, the, what, what's the next action step? Because money is not, I don't care what situation you're in, there's always another step. See, some of you are waiting on money and God has called you to make connections with other people. God has called you to be consistent in another area. And you think it's a money issue. It's not a money issue. It's a discipline issue. You, 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 you start the business and, and you quit the business because your friends didn't buy from you. 
Do you know that most businesses would fail if they was just depending on their friends to support them? <laughs> most people's friends do not support them in a manner enough to sustain their business. Pastor, and why are you talking about this? Because I want to get rid of the excuses about why we don't take massive action. Understand, it is very important to identify, it's very important for you and for me to identify the specific reasons why you may not be taking massive action towards your goals. You know, I see my good friend Denise Taylor on here. I told you earlier, we were talking about this, this imposter syndrome. And, and I never fully understood it or, or, or why people said they suffered from it. But people suffered from it because they really believe something wrong. And the power of belief is so powerful. If you have a negative belief, it'll take you in the wrong direction. In the same way that if you have the right belief, it will take you in the right direction. And so you got to sit down and you got to figure out and ask yourself some tough questions. Why am I not taking massive action? Is it a lack of clarity? Is it because of fear? Is it because I have a habit of procrastinating? Am I always needing somebody else to motivate me? Is that the reason I lack discipline because I always want motivation? Am I feeling overwhelmed? Am I outside of my lane? Is that the reason that I'm feeling this way because I'm overwhelmed because I'm trying to do everything myself? And then am I letting external factors? Am I allowing excuses to stop me? There's a poem that says, um, excuses are monuments of nothingness. They build bridges that lead to nowhere. And those who choose to use those tools of incompetence become masters of nothingness. And that's what excuses are. They, they, they are tools to cause you to become a master of nothing. Because you always use an excuse you always say you can do it later. You always say that, 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 that what are the people going to think? You always say, well, I got this issue or that issue. Or you always say, well, I just don't know what to do next. But you haven't went on the internet. You ain't read a book. You ain't signed up for a coaching class. You have done nothing to add to your knowledge. So you have to ask yourself, what's holding me back? Sometimes people don't get clarity because they don't spend time breaking their goals down. We used to say this all the time, my wife and I, people ask the question, how do you eat an elephant? Most of the time, people respond by saying one bite at a time. Well, if you ask me and my wife, how do you eat an elephant? We added something to it years ago. We say one bite at a time and with hot sauce. <laughs> one bite at a time and with hot sauce. Why? Because sometimes you're going to have to do some stuff that's not comfortable. And you're going to have to find the discipline. You're going to have to find the reason to put something on that thing that you have to do that's not easy, that's not fun, that's going to allow you to do it anyway. So how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time with some hot sauce. So you say, well, you know what? I'm, if, I, if I'm going to write this book, I, I'm, I'm talking to myself. If I'm going to write this book, I'm going to have to write one chapter every three days. Yep. So you're going to break that thing down into small chunks. And for some of you, that's what you got to do. You need to break your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal 
down into small manageable steps so you don't get overwhelmed, so you don't get full of fear, so that you can get clarity, so that you won't procrastinate. You have to then learn also how to seek out support. How to seek out support. I remember one time my wife paid an amount for a class and I just thought at that time was just crazy. I thought it was crazy. <laughs> I said, what? You're paying what for a coaching class? You, you know what we could do with that? <laughs> you know what bills we could pay off with that? She said, listen, I am convinced that if I take this class, the money that I spend taking this class, I can make back three times that much in a year. Now, sometimes you got to be transparent. I'm like, girl, spend that money. You don't make that money back in no, no year. But, but she had a big, hairy, audacious goal that she didn't even let her husband get in the way. Somebody ought to get that. That just blessed some of you. I, I want to go to live your dreams, but I got to ask my husband. But you didn't ask him when you bought that $500 purse. You didn't ask him when you bought that $1,500 Louis. <laughs> you didn't ask him about, that, about, about those clothes you got in the back of your car that you haven't snuck into the house yet. <laughs> I told you it's going to be a little petty. I told you it's going to be a little petty. But you got to decide, what am I willing to do to get to my dream? So you got to seek out support. And there's nothing wrong with having accountability. Nothing wrong with having accountability. But your accountability, your accountability partner should not be your motivator. When people say, Pastor Edwin, will you hold me accountable? Sure, I will. I'll hold you accountable. What do you want me to hold you accountable for? I want you to hold me accountable for coming to church. Okay, I'll hold you accountable for coming to church. You don't come to church for two weeks. I call you. I said, hey, I ain't seen you in two weeks. Yeah, I just, you know, I just been, I just been going through it. Okay, well, you coming next week? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna make it. Okay, I don't see you in two weeks. I'll call you back in another two weeks. Hey, man, you said you was gonna come. I didn't see you. Yeah, I, I know. I just, I need to do better. What I'm not gonna do is get on the phone with you and have a whole cheerleading session with you. Why? Because coming to church is important to you. And if it's important to you as your accountability partner, I'm holding up a mirror to your face to say, hey, you're not doing what you said you're going to do. But the moment your dream becomes more important to me than it is to you, I no longer care about your dream either. I know that's tough, but you needed to hear it. Some of you want other people to care more about your dream than you do. It's your dream. <laughs> Why would I care more about your dream than you? You don't need someone to motivate you. You need someone to, to coach you and hold you accountable. That, that's why a lot of people nowadays, they don't do good in sports. They don't do good in sports because they never had real coaching. Because we don't, we don't believe in, in real coaching anymore. See, when I grew up with coaching, Coaching wasn't about asking you questions and letting you find out what you need to do, per se. Coaching was when you run an out route, you run 10 yards, you stick your foot in the dirt, you twist your hips and run toward the sideline. I don't care about what you think about it. 
I don't care about what you feel. I don't care how you would like to run seven and do a curve. You run 10, stick it and go. That's what coaching for me is. So when people come and say, hey, I got a dream. And I say, okay, here's what you need to do to get your dream. And you go, oh, I don't want to do it that way. Then go do it how you want to do it. And if it produced, good. But when it doesn't and you come back and say, I have a dream, <laughs> I'm going to give you the same instruction. <laughs> That's right. Run 10, stick it and go. Somebody ought to tell somebody that, girl, run 10, stick it and go. You want to live your dreams? Run 10. Stick it and go. Take massive action. Listen, belief is powerful. Belief is a powerful force. It can shape our lives in profound ways, whether we realize it or not. It is what separates those who achieve their dreams from those who do not. It is what gives us the courage to pursue our passions. And it is the thing that allows us to take risk. If you want to live your dreams, you have to become a risk taker. Why? Because you don't achieve your dreams living in the comfort zone. We all have beliefs, whether we are aware of those beliefs or not, they are, they are playing a part in our lives and they are shaping the way that we see the world. They are shaping the way that we, that we are influenced in how we make decisions. And when we're talking about belief, it's not just about what we believe, it's also about how strongly we believe it. When we truly believe in something, we are much more likely to act on that belief. When Whatever we believe in, you're going to do it. You, you believe in taking care of your kids, you're going to do it. Anybody, and, and, and you know this is true. If there's a man out there and he has a child and he is not taking care of that child and he says that he believes in taking care of his kids, but he doesn't pay child support, he doesn't come and visit, he doesn't give the mom any assistance uh, with, with picking up the kid from school or, or helping with insurance or doing any of that. We have a word that we can use on StreamYard and Facebook <laughs> for that individual. It's called a deadbeat. A deadbeat dad. Or if it's a mom doing the same thing, we call them a deadbeat mom. Don't be a deadbeat to your dreams. Don't be a deadbeat to your dreams. Don't say you have a dream. Don't say you have a behave. Don't say you trust and honor God and you want to do X, Y, and Z, but you don't give it any support. You don't spend any time with your dream. You don't undergird that dream. You don't breathe life into it. You don't share it. You don't talk about it. You don't do anything to make that dream be alive. Don't be a deadbeat to your dreams. Belief has the power to not only shape what we think and, and how we behave, it has the power to inspire us to take massive action. Many of you have heard me say this before as I get ready to close. Man is a tripartite being. That means man is a spirit being. Man has a body and he possesses a soul. The soul of a man consists of five components. It's his mind, his will, his emotion, his imagination, 
and his intellect. And you need to learn how to allow yourself to sit in the part of your soul that is your imagination. That is how your dreams become bigger than your doubts. You have to learn to sit in the imagination of your soul. You gotta be able to think, what would it look like to live in that house? If you follow my friend, Crystal Robinson, you know that she often posts about the house that she wanted to live in. And that was years before she's living in a house bigger than the one she posted when she was dreaming. Why? Because your reality will always manifest bigger than your dreams if you don't let your dreams go. And, and, and you've got to learn to, you got to learn to dream and imagine again. When you were a kid, nobody had to tell you to imagine. I know this sounds silly, but when is the last time you looked up at the clouds and saw an animal? When you were a kid, every cloud you saw was in the shape of an animal. You saw the duck. You saw the house. You saw the car. You saw the man walking a dog. But when was the last time you dreamed? Don't let your dreams go. Thank you, Denise. Don't let your dreams go. And you let your dreams go because it becomes easier to say you don't have a dream than to say you do have a dream, but you're not taking massive action to get to it. But I want to steer you up today. I want to bring you back to reality. I want you to become introspective and decide, why am I not taking massive action? Understand this. When we believe in ourselves, we're more likely to take care of our bodies. When we believe in ourselves, we're more likely to take care of our mind. When we believe in ourselves, we're more likely to take care of our relationships. We're more likely to pursue our passions and take risks when we are willing to believe in ourselves. Someone says, well, well that sounds like self-help. No, no, no. The difference in self-help says I have the power to do it on my own. I am telling you, I have the power to do it because of God in me. Jesus himself says, what do you mean if I can? <laughs> what do you mean if I can? So I'm going to reach my goal if I can. What do you mean if you can? All things are possible to them who will overcome their doubts. So here's the question today that I want you to ponder as you go back to work or as you get off work or as you're sitting at the beach or whatever you're doing. Here's the question I want you to ponder today. How do we harness the power of belief to create the life we want? If you come to live your dreams, I have an entire uh, section. My wife asked me to teach. She didn't tell me what to teach, so I decided, unless she changes it. But I have a whole section I'm going to teach about how to harness the power of taking massive action. I'm going with examples. I'm going to have people. I'm going to walk you through because this is not rocket science. This is not rocket science. And if you're going to harness the power of belief to create the life you want, here are three things it starts with. Number one, it starts with awareness. You got to become aware why you're not taking massive action. Remember I told you there are two people. There are ones who don't know. There are the ones who do know, but aren't doing anything about it. You got to become aware of which one you are. Which one are you? And you got to be honest with yourself. Do I don't, if I don't know, that's fine. I say I don't know and I get people who can help me. 
if I know that I'm, that I'm not taking massive action, which of those six things is blocking me from taking massive action? And then what am I willing to do about it so that they don't become excuses in my life anymore? So I got to become aware. The second thing you must be willing to do is some of you need to change your circle. You got to surround yourself with positive people. I know your family doesn't think like you. I know your friends don't think like you. Am I telling you to throw them away? No, but I am telling you, you got to find you some people who think like you. You got to find you some people who don't see going to the next level as doing too much. You got to find you some positive people. You got to find you some people who, who you can dream with. I, I enjoy being with Crystal and Lemoyne. I enjoy being with my tribe. I enjoy hanging out with Keyshawn. I enjoy hanging out with people who don't mind dreaming. I like hanging out with Chandra Washington. Why? Because she's not afraid to dream. If every time I tell you that I'm going to do something on another level, you got to, mm, I don't know about all that, then you, me and you can be cool, but we can't be cool, cool. You can't be somebody I'm sharing my dreams with. So number one, I got to become aware. I got to make sure I got the right circle. Why? Because my environment, come on, you know what I'm about to say, is always working on me. There's still 67 of you here. Some of you had to go back to work. I get it. You can catch the replay. But say this, my environment is always working on me. And if you don't know that, you need to check it. Your environment is always working on you. And then the third thing you do, once you become aware, once you surround yourself with positive people, you got to make the decision you're going to take action. Listen, if you got a dream, I don't know what the dream is. I don't know how big it is. I don't know how small it is. But when we get off this live, before you go to bed tonight, you ought to make the decision that you're going to do at least one thing, at least one tangible thing. And I don't mean thinking about it. I mean, you're going to actually do one actionable step toward that goal. One thing. Maybe it's somebody you were supposed to call and you've been putting it off. Make the phone call. Maybe it was one thing you were supposed to research and you were supposed to find out about. Do the research. Maybe it was one connection you were supposed to follow up with. Follow up with the connection. Maybe you were supposed to actually write the goal down and you've never gotten to writing it down. Do something actionable. Write it down. Remember, Jesus said this, anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. So here's, here, here's what you're going to have to do to put feet to your believing. Number one, you got to visualize your success. I talked about sitting in the imagination of your soul. You got to spend some, you know, I know it sounds silly, but at my house and my family laugh at me, in our master bedroom, we have a water closet. Sometimes I go in the water closet. I'm not actually using the bathroom. I'm in there dreaming. I'm in there dreaming. I, it, I, I turn all the lights off. I close my eyes and I dream. I dream what it's going to be like when our kids are all through with college. I dream what it's going to be like when my wife is having a big event in Las Vegas, and she's having it around New Year's Eve <laughs> so I can celebrate my birthday <laughs> in Las Vegas. I'm dreaming what it looks like when I see all the people on this strip 
And I'm dreaming about what it looks like when I stand on the balcony and it turns to 12 o'clock uh, midnight and it rolls to January 1st, whatever year, 20 whatever. And I sit there and I scream, it's my birthday. And all the people on the strip look up and they go, happy birthday. <laughs> you got a dream. I don't know what your dream is, but you got a dream. Maybe your dream is to take your family on a vacation to another country. I tell people all the time, as people, we got to stop having a vacation. The only time we have a vacation is when somebody passes away. Our dreams can be bigger than that. You don't have to wait till somebody in the family dies to travel to whatever city they're in and call it a vacation. But you got to be willing to dream. So you got to visualize your success. Imagine yourself having already achieved your goal. Picture yourself in that new job. Picture yourself in that new relationship. Picture yourself with that new body because you made the decision to be disciplined and eat right for 365 days. You know, I tell people who I talk to all the time who have been divorced, you know, or they had a spouse who passed away or whatever the case may be. Listen, you have to visualize yourself dreaming and, 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 and living again. We tell our kids all the time, don't you ever say, you don't know, you, you can't live without us. We have told our kids that from the longest. Don't you dare say, you don't know what you'll do if we pass away. You can't live without us. In the circle of life, it is that children should bury their parents. It is not the other way around. So if things go right, they will bury us. And what we want them to do is learn to use their words and say, you know what? We enjoyed mama and daddy and they taught us how to live and we are disciplined and now we're going to live and we're going to carry it on to the next generation. So somebody put in the comment section, visualize your success. Number two, I said it earlier, so I won't, I won't, I won't repeat it over and over, but surround yourself with positivity. Surround yourself with people who you can, listen, if you're always the smartest person in the room, if you're always the most wealthy person in the room, if you always got the most education in the room, you need to visit some new rooms. I love hanging out with people who, who have achieved more than me. Why? Because I know that success leaves clues. Success leaves clues. So when I hang out with my millionaire friends, when I go in the room, I don't spend all my time talking. I want to hear what they're talking about. I want to hear what they're doing. I want to hear what kind of actions they're taking. Why? Because then I can understand what actions I need to be taking. So, so visualize your success. You know, when we talk about surrounding yourself with positivity, if you were in day three of, of live your dreams, you heard Crystal talking about this. Crystal said, I, I, I sit in the room with people who are multimillionaires. And when I go in the room, I don't go in the room and tell them all that I'm doing at Meineke, all that I'm doing at Amazon, all I'm doing at State Farm. I go and listen to what they are saying so I can add to my tool belt. So I can produce my own dreams. So visualize your success. Surround yourself with positivity. And then learn to take massive action. Belief alone is not enough to achieve your goals. You also need to take massive action. I talked about this, breaking down your goals into smaller, more manageable parts. 
That's right. LaShawn said she was in San Diego with billionaires. She didn't go in that room with those billionaires and, and kick over the door and say, hey, let me tell you about my multi-millions. Now, now, it's cool. She got multi-millions, but she understood in that setting, that's not the time to be talking. It's the time to be learning and gleaning. And we all need to be able to do that. Take massive action. Break down your goal into smaller, more manageable steps. And then take action on those steps. It's why I'm begging you, do one thing today towards your goal. And then number four, after you take that one step, do number four, celebrate your success along the way. Celebrate your success along the way. Too many people wait till everything is done before they celebrate what has happened. But you need to learn to celebrate along the way. When you achieve a small success, celebrate it. Listen, I'm celebrating that it was 70 some people on here. One day it'll be 700 and sometime it'll be 7,000. But I appreciate the 70. I appreciate the 70. This was a massive success. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to take the accolades. I'm not going to sit back and rest on them, but I'm going to enjoy them. Why? Because I want to celebrate along the way. Take the time to acknowledge the progress that you've made. I've watched my friend Denise Taylor when, when, when she first started her podcast. Okay. And if you talk to her, she'll tell you when she first started her podcast, she may not have had any idea that her podcast will become so popular in so many different countries around the world. But you know what? She showed up when it was 10 people. She showed up when it was 20. She showed up when it was 200. She's showing up when it's 2000. She'll show up when it's 200,000. Why? Because it's the discipline to do what you said you were going to do long after the feeling that you said you were going to do it in has gone. So learn to celebrate your success along the way. And then number five, last one, be persistent. You got to have some tenacity about yourself. That's right, Crystal. You got to keep showing up. Somebody put that in the comment section. Say, I will keep showing up. That's right. Whether I, whether it turns out the way I expect it or it doesn't, I will keep showing up. I will be persistent. Remember, achieving your goals is rarely a linear process. <laughs> Hear me. Achieving your goals is rarely a linear process. You don't just go from point A to point B. There's a lot of valleys. There's a lot of peaks. There's some circles. There's some backtracking. There's some mistakes. There's some successes until you get there. But you got to keep showing up. You got to be persistent. If you believe in yourself, if you believe in your ability to overcome the obstacles that will that you will face, you will be persistent in taking massive action no matter what. Someone said, well, pastor, I'm a born again believer. Why am I going through this? Because you are not exempt from life's challenges just because you're a born again believer. I don't know where you got that from. I don't know what church taught that. I don't know what preacher keep telling people that. But you being a born again believer does not exempt you from life's challenges. What it does is it gives you revelation for how to overcome those challenges. That's right, Keyshawn. I will take massive action no matter what. 
Listen, I ask you to do one thing when you get off this broadcast. I want you to make the decision you're going to do it. Why? Because believing in yourself is the first secret to success. Believing in yourself is the first secret to success. I say this all the time. Belief is the ignition switch that gets you off the launching pad. Belief is the ignition switch that gets you off the launching pad. You got to believe in yourself, believe in your dreams, believe in your God, and then take massive action. Why? Because if you will just have the courage to start, you will have the courage to succeed. If you will just have the courage to start, you will have the courage to succeed. What the mind of a man can conceive and believe, he can achieve it. The Bible says it like this, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Glory to God. What do you think about yourself? It's why I told somebody when they said they suffer from low self-esteem, I said, well, stop it. If you suffer from low self-esteem, stop it. And they looked at me, they said, what do you mean? I said, the word is self-esteem. It is how you esteem yourself. If it's low, stop seeing yourself as low. Stop believing that you're low. See yourself as high. And then you will have high self-esteem. Because whatever your mind conceives and believes is what you will achieve. You got to believe in yourself and all that you are. You have to know without a shadow of a doubt that there is something on the inside of you that is greater than any obstacle. You have to believe that. And listen, some people are going to call you cocky and some people are going to call you arrogant. Don't worry about those people. You got to have something on the inside of you that says, you know what? If they set the whole entire forest on fire, and they gave me gasoline draws and told me to run out of the forest, I'd make it out. <laughs> you got to have that kind of tenacity in your life. I don't know what I'd have to do, but I would find a way out of the fire. Listen, we call that gumption. <laughs> Somebody put that in the comment section. Say, I have gumption. What is gumption? Gumption is an old Southern word that we use. It means resourcefulness. It means I'll find a way. My son goes to Clark Atlanta University in Atlanta, Georgia, and their motto is find a way or make a way. That's having gumption. That is that school's, I almost went back to college just so I could say I went to Clark because I love their motto so much. It is find a way or make a way. And that's what you've got to learn to do. Our only limitation, the only limitation we have to the realization of our tomorrow is the doubts we have today. The only limitation that you have, Everett, the only limitation that you have, Georgia, Kim, Kimberly, the only limitation that you have, Carol, the only limitation that you have, Crystal, the only limitation that you have today, the only limitation that stops you from living your tomorrow is the doubts you have today. 
If you can get rid of today's doubts, your tomorrow will manifest. If you can get rid of today's doubts, tomorrow will manifest. Why? Because Gandhi said it like this. Your beliefs become your thoughts. You know where I'm going. Your thoughts become your words. <laughs> That's right. Your words become your actions and your actions become your habits. And your habits become your values and eventually your values become your destiny. The only limitation, Keyshawn, that you have today, the only limitation that you, that you, the only limitation to your tomorrow are the doubts that you have today. That's it. You get rid of today's doubts. That's right, Kimberly. Your tomorrow will manifest. Belief has the power to change your life. Listen, I'm going to say it one more time. If you missed last week's Live Your Dreams Challenge, I'm not exactly sure how you do it, but you need to sign up and get every single general session <laughs> and you need to get every single VIP session, especially Uniques and especially what Sean was able to do with Crystal and, and Erica. You, you need to get that. You need to get that in your life. Why? Because it's going to steer you up in the same way it steered me up. And it, it, if, if you don't take massive action after this, you don't want nothing. I, I know that's hard to tell people sometimes, but, but if, if, if you listen to last week and you listen to this and you're not willing to do one thing that's going to move you toward your own goal, Baby, you don't want nothing. And you tapped out. Your life is the best it's going to get. Unless something just happens to fall your direction. That's it. You don't want nothing. And sometimes folks need to have somebody stand up in their face and look at them and tell them, I love you, but you're being lazy. I love you, but you think that sitting around waiting for something to happen is going to produce something. It's not. And let me tackle this, and then I'm a really, I'm, I really am going to go. You're not going to give your way into your dream. Oh, glory to God. What do you mean? I, I, don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with sewing. I love sewing. I find a way to sew every day. Sometimes I give into ministry. Sometimes I give into people. Sometimes I give into people I don't know. Nothing wrong with that. But you can give $20 a day every day for a year. And if you don't take massive action, all you're going to do is be minus whatever that amount is you gave. And that's on period. That's it. That's it. If you're not willing, listen, if you're not willing to do the work, you should just keep the money. Mmm. Mmm. Pastor Edward, you mean to tell me I can't just give in to you and then my dream come true? No. You mean I can't just take the class and enjoy the class and everything come true? No. You have to do the work. Work is not a, di a dirty word. And you know what? The only, the only time you're ever going to find success before work 
is in a dictionary. This is the only time success shows up before work. It's in the dictionary. But in life, you got to work. <laughs> Glory to God. And then experience some success. So listen, y'all get off of here. Click off of here. Go do what you got to do. But think about it. What is stopping you from taking massive, from taking massive action? Right? What's stopping you? And then what are you going to do about it? And listen, I want to hear about it so bad that I don't care how many of you it is. Whatever you do today, this is what you can do. You can go to my messenger and you can simply say, Pastor Edward, this was my goal. And this was the action step I took to move me toward my goal. I want to I want to hear from you. I don't want to do TED Talks to hear myself talk. Or Ed talks. <laughs> I don't want to do an Ed talk to hear myself talk. I just want you to do something that you say you believe in. You say it's your dream. You say it's your goal. Well, you got to pray and then get up and go get it. Run 10, <laughs> stick it and out. <laughs> Run 10, stick it in and out. Listen, I love you guys. Listen, I don't know. Listen, if you I, I, I told I told myself I was gonna do this, I didn't want to forget. I have a note here on my computer. I want to do stuff that's beneficial. So if you're sitting around and you're thinking, you know what, I need more explanation about X, send me a message. If it's something I know about, I'll talk about it. Now, you can't send me a message and say, hey, I want you to give me the mathematical uh, theorem for how to run crypto on blockchain. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> but if you want to ask me a question about how to get unstuck, you want to ask me a question about relationships, because I said there are some M's that I'm dedicated to. Three M's I'm dedicated to helping people manage. I want to help you manage your marriage. I want you to help. I want to help you manage your mindset. And I want to help you manage your money. Now, when I say help you manage your money, I ain't talking about necessarily growing your money. I want you to have the right frame of mind about money. I don't want you thinking that you can just take money and just throw it at the preachers and the apostles and expect it to, to, to somehow become magic. That's not how it works. I want to help you with those three M's. One of the ways I help you with those three M's is on Tuesday nights, the first Tuesday of the month. I ask you to come to Relationships 101. I want to help you with your marriage. I want to help you with all relationships, but that's one of the ways. I want to help you with your mindset. That's really what Ed Talk is all about. Ed Talk is going to be about helping you shift your mind and then helping you understand money. We'll get to that in some, in some of the Ed Talk, but there's another thing I got working on that we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to release at some point to help you do that. Marriage, mindset, and money. If I can help you with those three things, I believe you can live out your dreams better than you're living them out right now. All right. Love you guys. I'm really going to go so much so y'all can take the, the Live Your Dreams Challenge banner down. Put it in the comment section so as people uh, come back, they'll be able to uh, see that in there. I appreciate y'all hanging in there. Hour 25 minutes. Listen. I ain't going to apologize. It is what it is. You can catch the replay if you need to, if you had to go. For those of you that hung on, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Let me hear about the things that you're doing to take massive action. Y'all have a good day. God bless you.